Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Just a little faith Just a little faith When the storms of life are blowing Just a little faith Will get you where you're going When you're inspired by the dreams inside your mind But in your life they feel so hard to find Oh, you can make them all appear Just hold that picture loud and clear All you need to add Just a little faith Just a little faith When the storms of life are blowing Makes me think of the video that you did, Michael. <laughs> I wanted to stand up and go like this. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I was happy. I was happy, happy. Oh man. And it took us just a little faith to be able to park and <laughs> not get stuck. <laughs> Terry and uh, Carl said, We're going home. <laughs> oh man. It's a good day, though, right? Yes. 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 Oh, I like that. Yes. Say it again. Yes. yes. I love it. I love it. All righty. So I do have a, a, a cute little story I want to start off um, with. I um, don't know much about golfing, but I heard this cute little joke about this lady who noticed that her husband had stopped going golfing with his best friend. So she asked him, she was like, Tom, 
why have you stopped going golfing with Roy? And he said, uh, huh. He said, would you want to golf with somebody who uh, was constantly cheating and constantly picking up the ball and throwing it when you weren't looking <laughs> and putting it in when you weren't looking? Would you want to do that? And she's like, well, I guess I wouldn't. He said, well, apparently Roy didn't either. <laughs> oh, man, that is so funny. I thought that was cute. Anybody ever cheat when you were little or whatever? No. My dad and mom, there were some really good spades. We played spades growing up, and my dad and mom were some really good spades players. But my dad would be like, Man, your diamond's looking a little shiny over there, sweetie pie. You're the love of my life and the heart of my heart. So then we'd be like, it's city cheating. <laughs> and when they do that Boston downtown, uptown, in town, all that, <laughs> would be cheating. I, I'm still getting that. I'm still getting that. But yeah, I thought that was cute. So this month we are um, dealing with faith because in unity we operate in the consciousness that men and women have 12 spiritual powers that open us up to a higher expression of God, right? And for February, I mean, uh, January, the disciple that represents the power, because all, it's the 12 powers, and then they represent the 12 months of the year and also the 12 disciples. So for January, it represents faith. And does anybody remember the disciple? Peter. <laughs> you know what? You got faith in Peter. <laughs> yep. And then the color is blue. And the center in the body is in the center of the brain. So that's the power center. It's in the center of the brain. And so we talked last week a little bit about actively resting in faith. And I went over two the two components that represent faith. And the first part of it is intellectual assent, which means that you are in a place where you accept and agree with the truth, with what it is that is true. Whatever it is that you accept and agree with that is true. And the other part of faith is to tr have trust and confidence in that which you believe is true. And I was saying that the way we rest, actively rest in faith is when we get to the point that not only are we to totally believing and accepting and touching and agreeing with the truth of God, the truth of spiritual law, the truth of whatever it is you are praying for or intending in your life that is so, and you step totally in the truth and confidence of it, you let it go, you surrender it, and you know that it, it will be. So that, that was last week. This week, I want to piggyback off of that and go a little bit deeper. This week I want to talk about um, increasing your measure of faith. And it's interesting because as soon as I got home Sunday, it hit, that came right to me, and God has been working with me all this week on that. And I, 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 we're going we're to let Spirit work this out because I have the pieces, and God's given me this, and I've researched it, but it's not until I got up here that God's bringing it together in real time with you guys. So I want to start off by telling this story that I heard. Um, there's this minister that I listened to, Dr. Tony Evans, and I really like him. And he was telling this story about his um, granddaughter, when his granddaughter was over visiting, and he said he was in the house, and all of a sudden he heard this screaming loud, Poppy, Poppy! And then he heard this noise coming. So he went outside to see what was going on. And he saw his granddaughter running at him. Poppy, Poppy, the dog, the dog. And it was this dog coming at her. Just wrestling, you know, barking and nipping at trying, almost getting her legs. And, and she runs and he gets out there and she runs and runs. And she hops up in his arms, right? And the dog's still going at her. She's just, you know, hugging him tight and hugging him tight. And then eventually she starts to settle down a little bit in her arms. And then she looks down at the dog. Now, he's tall, and, she, and she's, like, little. So she looks down at the dog, and then she looks up at him, he said. And then she, he said she looks down at the dog, and then he looks, she looks up at him. She looks down at the dog one more time. She looks up at him. 
She takes a deep breath. She looks down at the dog again, and she goes, "Nana, nana, nana." <laughs> and I thought about that because in the moment that she was running, she didn't have that confidence. And when her grandfather was holding her, she was still in the same circumstance with that dog sitting there barking at her and yiping and, and nipping at her. But she had confidence. Something has shifted. It shifted within her, and what it shifted was her grandfather's presence, and the fact that she could trust that her grandfather would protect her. And then I realized that when we have an intimate relationship with God, and we know that whatever we're going through, like we say at the end of one of our prayers, wherever I am or wherever we are, God is, and all is well, right? But there are a lot of times in life that we don't actually act that way. It's like we forget because we get caught up in the circumstances of it, and when we're caught up in the circumstances of it, we get like that little girl yelling, where is God, where is God? And God is always there. I heard another story of this, um, this guy, uh, Douglas Garcia. He has this show um, that I was telling you guys about, um, Be uh, Better Living. And he said that his friend lives out in... Um, this rural area where there are no lights at night. And my grandmother and grandfather used to live down in Amarillo, Texas, and where they lived, there were no lights in their backyard. It was just pitch black, which was beautiful because he said you could see the stars just shining so wonderfully, his friend was saying. And he has this uh, black Labrador retriever. And every night before, you know, maybe about 20 minutes before they go to, he would go to bed and sell in for the night, they'd go out and he'd look at the stars and sometimes he'd just sit out there with his dog and the dog would run around and, and have a ball. And this one time he went out and he uh, was ready to come in. He was calling his dog and calling his dog and the dog wasn't there. So he, so he was like, dang, where is he? Maybe uh, she ran out and went to chase after, uh, saw something and went chasing out, right? So he takes his phone and he's looking in the bushes and he's calling his dog and he's calling his dog and he's like, dang, he stops. And all of a sudden he feels a nudge against his knee, his leg. And he realized all this time he's been calling his dog, the dog, she's been wandering around behind him. Look at where is he looking at? What's he looking at? <laughs> and he's calling her, but she's already there. And those times that we get caught up in the circumstances of life, we're calling and looking for God. God's already there. God's already there in the circumstances. All we have to do is shift. So the scripture that I want to use for today comes from Romans, and it's chapter 12, it's verses 2 and 3. And I really like this scripture. Like I said, we're going we're gonna to let God move the, move the spiritual meaning out of this. In chapter 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs. Which one is this one? I, that we have the King James Version. I'm going to read the King James Version first because we're used to this one. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And keep saying, keep going. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And when I was thinking about that, now that scripture came to me, increasing your measure of faith. And now when I was thinking about that, I'm like, what does that mean? God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. And like I said, I like reading different translations of the Bible, because then you get a different meaning sometimes. So as I read in the New Living Translation version of it, and it says the, the, the bottom part, we already got the top part, but, but when you really look at it, it says don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. When you get caught up in the behaviors and customs of this world and what's going on in the circumstances and what other people are saying, and even those secondhand opinions that we've been talking about that have become our beliefs, what happens is you conform your mind to that. 
And he's saying, don't copy. And then you start to be your your behavior starts to copy that which you are seeing or that which you've seen or you go back to old behaviors. And he's saying not to be transformed by that. This is Paul writing to the Romans and he says the church in uh, Rome. And he says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We have a unity principle that talks about that, don't we? It says thoughts held in mind produce after your kind. But then there's another one that comes, piggybacks off that, and it says, and it's the fourth unity principle, which we are going to talk about till we are blown in the face because we need to know this. And it means, it says to, that we, by, we, we realign our mind with God through prayer and meditation. When you're praying and you're meditating on God, your thoughts start to change. They change off of the circumstances of what's going on, and they focus on the truth of the situation. So you become a new person in that situation, just like Dr. Evans' uh, granddaughter did. She became a more confident person because her circumstances changed inside of her. The confidence changed inside of her. The circumstances outside were still going on, but within her, she felt more confident. When we realign to the truth of our circumstances, to the truth of who we are. And it's really not even the truth of our circumstances. It is the truth of who you are. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is what? Good and pleasing and perfect. Now, the bottom part is, is I want to deal with that, too. We're going to connect these together. The bottom part of this says, I'm going to go down to the don't part. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourself by the faith God has given you. So the measure of faith is the presence of faith within your very being. We all have the presence of faith in us. That's why Jesus said even the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Because if you take the faith of a mustard seed, even a little bit of faith. And you allow yourself to align in the consciousness of Christ, even with that little bit of faith. It opens the door for you to see even more greatly who you are in God. Now, the, the tr only true way to shift anything that's going on in your life, and it's really the experience of anything that's going on in your life, is to shift what's going on inside of you, the life inside of you. There are some people who know that if they follow the Ten Commandments or if they follow the spiritual law and they do these things and they believe in it, that, 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 that uh, spiritual law will manifest, and it does for them. It manifests for them. A lot of times we do that too. We may say something, believe in something, it manifests for you. You go ahead and pray, you do your part, and it manifests for you. But you know you can have that type of faith and still not have a deep relationship with God. And that type of faith is called blind faith. Because you're following the instructions on what you know to do in order to manipulate or use the law in your life, even consciously and intentionally. And in that space, it does work for you because divine law works for everybody. Law of attraction works for everybody. You move it in a space of law of attraction. You believe in on what kind of car you want. All of a sudden, you see the car around you. You draw yourself to it. You draw the money to, to you in order to get that car or a specific job. I remember telling my girlfriend she was looking for a job. She wasn't sure what she wanted to do. I told her, write out your job description. You write out your job description. What do you really want to do? She wrote out her job description. And she ended up, she, she grew up in River Rouge. And there ended up being a job that opened up in River Rouge, but it was created specifically for her dealing with the job description. It took him a minute to even find a name for that job because it was made, carved out especially for her. She used the law of attraction. My son has been working on the law of attraction and he's been shifting from one job to another, starting with a job at $70,000 a year. At 19, that's sweet business. Then graduating and making $85,000 a year, he knows what he wants. He's focusing on it. He started dealing with that law of attraction ever since he was 14, and he's been moving it, making, and graduated, making 85? Oh, I don't know if I like this anymore. 
you know what, God, I'm gonna draw something else to me. Order it up. Now he's making six figures. Just started last week, starting his second week tomorrow. tomorrow. Knowing how to use the law of attraction. That's blind faith, though, because you know how to use it. But you don't know the inner workings of yourself. To, in, to, to seriously increase your measure of faith, you have to really learn who you are. Seriously. You have to really learn who you are. And what do you truly want in life? And who you truly are. Because you know you're following the instructions of things, but there's no intimate connection to it. There's no intimate connection to yourself. There's no intimate connection to the universe. None of it's com completely connected. But there, and there is a connection to faith and your relationship with God. When Job, we, we, you, how many of you have heard about Job in the Bible? Yeah, you heard about Job. Okay, like having the patience of Job. Job knew every day to pray and do sacrifices. He prayed and did sacrifices for his kids. He knew the traditions. He followed all of the laws, the Jewish laws. But something still happened where he ended up losing his children and everything. He was fine. You know, what God is given, God will take away. And he was fine where that was concerned because he knew to trust anyway. But then his body became inflicted, afflicted. You ever been okay when stuff was going on with somebody else? <laughs> and then it hit you, you're like, whoa, wait a minute now. <laughs> What's going on here? And he was trying to look outside of him and all this. I'm doing everything right. I didn't do anything wrong. You only go through a punishment when you've gone against the law. I've, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. Without realizing that as you move forward and master one part, because we are spiritual beings, you're going to go through another challenge. And it'll be stronger than it was before when you got to where you were. Because it has to push you into a greater experience of Christ, a greater experience of who you are. We are spiritual beings living a human existence. And the truth is, we are spiritual beings experiencing this human condition. Because everything that we experience through our five senses, we're experiencing it. That's how, we get the, that's how we get what's going on and we have these feelings based off of what we're experiencing. It's still from the outside world. It's still from what's going on, what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're thinking, from what is going on inside of, uh, outside of the world. But it wasn't until Job started talking directly to God that he started getting some ahas starting asking God specific questions. And God told him what to do in order to heal his affliction. God told him to pray for his friends. And he prayed for his friends. Now that Job represents that part of us that is moving in blind faith and is ready to move into a next level. We said we were ready to move into a next level where God flows in 2020, right? right. So that means that we're ready to increase what it is that we, to strengthen and go past our comfort zone of faith and what we trust and believe in. When you trust and believe in something that's familiar, it's just because it's a habit. And it's easy. That's not faith, because you already know it. You already know. That's just, that's just following what you know. It's a habit. And, the, and then the kicker is, just like you can drive home and your mind will be wandering and you end up home, it's muscle memory. Anybody ever do that? Oh, yeah. Your mind is wandering. You even stop at stoplights and stop signs without even paying attention and then you end up home like you read and, and it's like, how did I do that? Muscle memory, blind faith. Try going a whole other way that you've never been before and see if you feel just as confident getting home, and try it in a snow like this. And see, <laughs> and see if you feel just as confident. You will if you have an intimate relationship with God. Because no matter what's going on in the outer world, you'll feel connected in the inner world. So how do we do that? 
How do we step into a deeper relationship, a deeper intimacy, if you will, with God? And do you know, I heard one time, and it stuck with me. I've always remembered this. Intimacy means into me I see. Whether I'm having a rela- a, an intimacy with my husband or my kids or my friends, it is me experiencing it, and it's into me I see, and in through me, in through, into me that I'm seeing, what I'm learning about myself through my experience with the other person is what's making me feel connected to the other person. It's the same thing with God. But the beautiful part about God is when you go into me and see, you realize the great, you start to learn more about the greatest biggest, most powerful part of yourself that you cannot see. And so how do we shift into an intimate relationship with God? Jesus tells us this. Jesus says to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Jesus says, and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. There's another one. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's another translation of it that may sound more, comf- more familiar to you. What does this mean? What is the kingdom of God? As I was researching that, you know, Charles Fillmore, who's the co-creator of Unity, the co-founder of Unity, he always has these powerful like in his, in his um, book, The Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, he says that the kingdom of heaven is that part in our consciousness where we see and know God. It's that deep part inside of us where we see and know God. So every time you touch and agree with God on something, every time you pray with God, You're in that space where you're seeing and knowing God. But you know, sometimes we don't go that far. Even when we go into meditation with God, we go to where we're familiar. We do the same prayer, the same meditation over and over again. And it's time for us to go deeper. I was listening to this. I was watching this video. This lady, um, Ronwen Kendrick. You remember the movie we saw, Facing the Giants? Well, this is the brothers who created that movie. This is their mother. She got them out, got them off into praying. She was a pray, she still is a praying woman. She said that when she was six years old, back in uh, 1948, there was a tornado that hit, went through their town and they lived on a farm. And she said her mom grabbed the th- her and her sisters and they all got under the kitchen table and her mom was yelling at the top of her lungs, petitioning God to protect us, protect us, protect us. And she's like sitting there watching her mom and she's getting touched by her mom. And, the th- and you could hear the tornado out. It was scary. And then a couple minutes later, everything stopped and it was silence. And they came outside and they looked and the whole neighborhood was torn up. There was two big oak trees that were in their yard, had been uprooted and thrown down on top of two cars. The, um, the, all of the wires were down. The, their barn, which was right next to their house, the, the roof of their barn was snatched up, and they never found it. And then the, the church the ch- uh, that was across the street was knocked off its foundation. So they're looking around, and they go to look at their, their house. It was untouched. Their house was the only part house in that. It was untouched. Everything around them was messed up. And she said she knew and she learned at six years old how powerful prayer is and that when you are close to God, God will answer your prayer no matter what, no matter how small it is or no matter how big it is. And in that moment, she learned from her mom prayer. And she would take scripture and she would say, based on this scripture, God, I know you'll do this, this, and this. And based on this scripture, God, I know you'll do this, this, and this. You got to use the word of God to talk to God through the word of God. And that's what she would do. And one time, and in the beginning of this video that I was watching, she was up. She says she stands up in her kitchen because if she sits down, she'll fall asleep. And she, and she reads these different chapters and she switches it up. And, so, and then she writes out her prayers. 
so she can go back. When you write them out, you take it from spirit and you put it in, the, put it in physical. And so then they showed, um, a week later, they were still going through the, uh, the uh, documentary with her. And so she was, um, they were getting prepared for her birthday. And her son, who was one of the guys who made that movie, Facing the Giant, he made, they made War Room, Facing the Giant, Courageous, Fireproof. Those movies is the Kendricks brothers. And so he, um, Steve and Kendrick um, got up that morning. He was like, you know what? I feel like my uh, mama, mom would really love a golf cart because she has this big yard. It'll be easier for her. She's older. She can put all her water and all her things on the back of it and ride it around instead of carrying it because she's always carrying stuff. You know, my grandmother used to be that way too. My grandmother was in her 80s and we'd drive up in the driveway and she's a little old 4.45 lady and she'd, be, she'd see us coming. She'd get up and try to walk away like she wasn't doing anything. <laughs> My mom, my daddy would be like, I see a little old lady. I see. And she's what? Because she, you know, when you are used to doing that kind of stuff, it's hard to stop you from doing it. She was used to, um, uh, Ronian, uh, Ronwin was used to working on a farm. So her, her son, Stephen, said, let's uh, get her a golf cart. So that's what they got her for, Chris, uh, for her birthday. And, and so she was all excited. You know, they, they were all excited, had her close her eyes. And he drove up in the golf course, beautiful red golf, golf cart. And she broke down in tears. And she went in the house, pulled that prayer out of her Bible, and that's what she had asked for. She said, Lord, according to 1 John, and I forgot the scripture, I'm asking for a golf cart. And I want it to be in good shape, good top tip shape. I know that you will answer prayer, and that's what I want for my birthday. I want a nice golf cart, and that's what she ended up getting. And this was only the beginning. She had a close-up personal relational relation, up close and personal relationship with God, and her measure of faith had increased so deeply. Her presence of faith has increased so deeply that she knew she could ask for that golf cart, and she would get it. Just like George Mueller, who I was telling you about last week, knew that if he prayed for the fog to go away, it would go away. And he had been doing this for 72 years, 71 years, because he was 21 when he started and he was 92 when he passed away. He had over 50,000 experiences written down of how God answered prayer because every single time he pushed himself to go into a deeper intimacy with God. On my way here last week, uh, when, How when Howard and I were riding this way, because I had been really moving, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing like George Mueller. I'm going to have a deep up, I still have a deep, close, and up personal relationship with God, but I'm intent on learning more and more. And so we're on our way here. And, you know, it was really icy. So our wipers had ice chips on it. So I went to use the wipers because some uh, water splashed a lot on our car. And when I went to use it, it was scraping the windshield. So I stopped using it, right? So I said, you know what, God? I know you're going to let me see because I couldn't see. And um, Howard's like, do you want to pull over so I can scrape it off? I said, no, I can see. And, and then he, all of a sudden he's like, you know, God is always taking care, watching out for you. And I was like, really, why? And I looked at my windshield it was completely clear, like somebody took Windex and washed it. Just that quickly. It was completely, I was like, oh my God, my windshield is clear. He said, that's why I was saying that. And he's seen experiences of that happening over and over again with me. And I've seen experiences of that happening over and over and with people in my family because we are moving closer and closer into a deep relationship with God. That's how we were raised, to have an up-close and personal relationship with God. Anybody else raised to have an up-close and personal relationship with God? Or at least to pray and talk to God? Yes. yes. It's time for us to move deeper. It's time for us to move deeper. This is the biggest part. that It gets me so excited. It makes me cry every single time I think about it is that as I'm getting closer to God, which is the biggest part of you, the greatest part of you, getting closer to you. You're getting closer to you. You're getting instructions on who you are. You're getting aha moments on how to use who you are. 
You're learning how to not just move and breathe and have your being, God. You're learning to be God, be the expression of God like Jesus did. You're learning that even when you say something and you have faith in it, that it is so. My, when I went into, I had two emergency C-sections with my kids. And the first one, my daughter, she was uh, Frank Breach. And so they had to do an emergency C-section with her. And I prayed, God, if it's meant for you to take me, Please help my husband and my family to raise my daughter. And if, it's meant, if you meant to take my daughter, please help us to get over this. And I truly believed it. And that's a big crisis where you can, you can panic in the moment. And I wasn't dope. It wasn't being doped up. It was I knew it that I knew it that I knew it at that point. And then when my son, when I was pregnant with my son, the umbilical cord was literally wrapped around his neck, and he stopped breathing. And I said, you know what, <laughs> the same prayer as Ashley. I don't hear my son's heartbeat. If you're meant to take my son, be with me, because I don't hear that heartbeat. And then they said, okay, we got to do an emergency C-section. So they, my doctor hopped on the gurney. They pushed us down the, into the operating room, and they put the thing on my head, and she, uh, my mouth, and she went to cut, and I was like, I can because I could feel it. And then next thing I knew, I woke up. And my son was perfect. He has a nick on his face from when she cut me. She ended up cutting his face. But that is a beautiful expression of faith. That's a reminder of me of how I was in the confidence of knowing that God would make sure it was okay either way. And any situation that we are in, when you, you know that you have an intimate relationship with God, when you are in a state of peace during that crisis. You ever been in a state of peace during a deep crisis? Not just because you've tried to force, your, force the situation and you said, I give up, God is on you. Immediately, you're in a state of peace. Immediately you seek the kingdom of God. I'm like, well, what does that mean? It means to get to know God more deeply. And see, this is the thing. Because we are vibrations of law, when you activate in the consciousness of Christ, whatever it is you're thinking about, and then you live according to that, that's what it means to, to uh, live righteously. It means, what's that fifth unity principle? You know it? To what? Live the truth that we... You guys know it, right? Live the truth that we know. Yeah, walk the walk. So these are things that came to me on how we get to know God. Let's read the first one, please. Prayer, talking to God, and meditation, listening to God. That's the only way to have a true relationship with somebody. Is to sometimes be slow to speak and quick to listen. We're always telling God what we want and trying to put it cookie cutter and all this and that. But do we sit and listen? Is this really what it is we're meant to have? And then the second thing, learning about God. Reading about and studying God's word, the Bible. Charles and Myrtle Fillmore were all up in the Bible. And that's why I, well, I love scripture. So that, I was going to say that's why I use the Bible. But I love scripture, so that's why I am in the Bible so much. And I know sometimes it's difficult to understand. That's why I have all the different translations that I read. And that's why I use commentary. And that's why I use Charles uh, Fillmore's book, The Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, and The Revealing Word, because it gives you insight on what it is. And then you sit and you meditate on it. Because you don't know what it is for you until you ask, what is it for me? I pray before I read scripture and then after I read scripture and then I sit and meditate on it so it'll come down deep and come up high. So I reach down deep to pull it up. What does that mean? And then living according to the spiritual principles and the teachings of Jesus. This is powerful. This is unity. Unity is practical application of Christian teachings and the, uh, Christian principles and the teachings of Jesus. You got to get in the Bible. You want to get up close and personal with God? You got to read God's word and find out about God. You got to know who you are. 
Charles Fillmore, like I said, co-founder of Unity, Charles Fillmore says that the Bible is a representation of the conscious development of man. So Genesis represents our generation, who we are when we're created, all the potential that we are. Degeneration is the next phase, which is when Adam and Eve fell from grace, quote unquote. Really what happened is they were introduced into a consciousness of duality, which is what we have too. And when you're caught up in the physical world and what's going on in your circumstances, you're caught up in duality. Does that make sense? I am walking in the consciousness of God. Together? I am walking in the consciousness of God. I am ready to release duality. Together? I am ready to release duality. I am ready to live the truth that I know. When you increase your intimacy with God, when you develop a stronger relationship with God, and you start to learn who you truly are in God, and you start to enjoy that relationship with God, not because it's an obligation, but because it's something you really want to do. Because if it becomes an obligation, you're caught up in duality again. And you restrict it right there. But if you move into it for the joy of moving into that relationship with God, you increase the capacity that you are to be the expression of God. And when you increase the capacity that you are to be the expression of God, you see it manifesting in your life. You increase your faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes from hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, studying the word of God, meditating on the word of God, memorizing the word of God, and walking in the word of God. Amen? Amen. Let's do these, uh, you, yeah, I like that clap. Let's do these affirmations. And, um, I know I'm real serious, but I, we gonna, uh, we, we, uh, I feel God. Oof, I feel God. I just feel God. Stop. I feel God. I feel God. I feel God. Oh, it feels so good. It's like you get these ahas that are so huge and they feel so good. Sometimes you don't have the words to share them, but you have the vibration and the energy of it. And sometimes just like your white stone name was made just for you, Sometimes that experience is just for me or just for you when you have that experience. And so I don't have the words to share what I'm experiencing right now, but I tell you, it is, it is, it is a powerful feeling. It's a powerful feeling of oneness. And I feel it's interesting because I feel the presence of God in me, but I feel the presence of God in you all as well. And God looks good on you all. God looks good on you. And when you're smiling and upbeat and God looks even brighter on you. I won't say God looks even better because you can't make God better. But God looks even brighter on you. And when you walk in a vibration of faith and you move into a deep relationship with God, nothing can stop you from being at peace. When I was younger, I knew I was supposed to be a minister. But I felt like I was messing up too much to be worthy of being a minister, worthy of being a healer. Because when I was little, I could lay hands and heal. I used to touch my sisters and brothers and pray for them. I remember my brother broke his ankle, and I, I prayed for him, and he went out and ran and played, and they had to cut his gym shoe off because he didn't have any pain anymore. If I'd have known then and thought about it then, I can heal the bone I probably could have healed the bone because my faith was that strong back then. But then you get older and you have all these things told to you that you're insecure. I mean, you're, you're not enough of this and all of that. And, and I let what people, especially when I was a teenager, I let what people say really diminish me down. And so I, I, I didn't think I was worthy of being a minister or a teacher, even though I taught and ministered until I got older. And when I realized that God loves you no matter what you do, you mess up, it doesn't destroy the beautiful child of God you are. It just gives you an opportunity to do better next time. People who might have stolen or lied, like George Mueller when he was younger, 
He stole and he lied and he um, connived. He was a conniver and he was a con artist. But then when he turned 21 and became serious, for 72 years after that, his relationship with God was the most powerful thing for him. On June 14, 2003, I married God. I said, God, no one will ever come before you again. No man will ever come before you again, not even me. And if I do, or if someone does, I give you permission to move them out of the way. And that has happened many times. But I stand on that commitment. And I stand in my relationship with God. And even though it hurt, even though it hurt, I knew it was for my greater good. There's an essence inside of you, each one of us, that is here to shine more brightly than ever. And the only way that that essence can do it is if your greatest good is being manifested. And so it's conspiring with the universe to bring forth your greatest good, but only if you give it permission. How do you give it permission? By walking into a relationship with that essence of Christ that is in you. Christ is the divine idea of God in you, that part of you that can create, that part of you that is made in the image and likeness of God, that part of you that can never, ever be touched or hurt or destroyed or killed or damaged in any way ever. And it's waiting. It's having a relationship with us because it's co-creating with us. But it's our turn now to move into a relationship with it, with the God in you. Are you ready to move into relationship with God? Yes. Let's affirm these things together. The first one, my true self emerges as I align my mind with God. Take a deep breath. Every time you align your mind with God, you go into a deeper expression of intimacy with God. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you ready to get intimate with God? I am ready to get intimate with God. Say it again. I am ready to get intimate with God. Now I want you to emphasize the I am. Do it again. I, I am ready to get intimate with God. And then let's do the last one. My faith increases as I draw closer to God. Are you ready to draw closer to God? I am ready to draw close. I love it. Say it. I am ready to draw closer to God. Say it again. I am ready to draw closer to God. One more time. I am ready to draw closer to God. So that means you're going to have to do some of these things. I know it may uh, be, seem like a pain, but when you have a relationship with somebody, your husband, your wife, you spend time with them listening and talking, right? You communicate with them, right? Gonna have to do that with God. And you don't gotta go anywhere outside of you, just within yourself. You have a deep relationship. Alex, do you know your wife? You know your wife, right? So, so that's how you have an intimacy with her because you know her, right? Peter, you know your wife? You have a deep relationship with her? Anybody else married in here? You know your spouse? Because you have a deeper relationship with them. You live with them, right? Well, there's someone, there's an, there's an essence that is deeper than you, to you than your own spouse. And how much greater would your marriage be if you were living in that relationship, right? right. And you got to learn about God. Open up those Bibles. I am, a, what do you call it, a Bible thumper? I am. I'm a Bible thumper. But this is the thing. This is the thing I love about it. When you read with your open heart and your spiritual eyes, you get an aha about who you are. Who you are. Who you are. And when you meditate on it, it makes you feel even more expansive. And then when you go out and live it, I'm telling you it's some sweet business. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm done. Amen. Thank you.
long before I learned to breathe. Sometimes I feel disappointed by the way I spend my time. How can I further your kingdom when I'm so Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.